podcast episode number 117, Beat It by Michael Jackson. In previous episodes, I spoke of the importance of creating your own demos with the home computer and the great programs available. With social media, you no longer are at the mercy of record companies. We all know the stories of how many famous people became that way due to publicizing their own music on YouTube. And with all the recording and arranging programs available, this is quite easily accessible. The one thing I spoke about often is the importance of layering all the elements in such a way as to create melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic hooks. There are no finer examples than in the music of Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. We hear the drums, the bass, the main melody, the backup singers, and orchestra, each one perfectly conceived but not interfering with each other. In this podcast, I'd like to use the song Beat It to show examples of this procedure. Let's look at the overall architecture first. It's in the key of E-flat minor based on the E-flat natural minor scale. 4-4 four, four time, the quarter note equals 138 beats per minute. The sheet music is in E minor, but recorded one half step lower. Guitarists and bassists tune down one half step due to the sound quality of the open strings. For our analysis, I will use the written key of E minor. The three chords used are E minor, D major, and C major. In the key of E minor, E minor would be the one chord, D major would be the flat seven, and C major would be the sixth chord. Or we could think of this in the key of the relative major, G major, and the E minor would be the sixth chord, the D would be the five chord, and C would be the four chord. The overall form is we have an introduction, a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus twice, an interlude with the famous guitar solo by Eddie Van Halen, Chorus twice, and a coda. The introduction. The introduction begins with seven synthesizer notes played on a synclavier by Tom Baylor. As I mentioned in all my episodes, please listen to the original recording as I do not want to break any copyright laws, but I will play certain examples. Then the drums come in. They are played by the great Jeff Percaro of Toto. The title Beat It is said to be a commentary on the sad side of human nature. Don't Be a Macho Man refers to Michael's dislike of violence and the abuse of his father. The drum beat enters creating its own rhythmic hook, layer one. The guitar and bass now enter playing one of the most famous hooks in modern music, layer two. In episode 36, I speak about creating bass lines for songwriters. After four measures, the chords now enter. There are two layers of harmonic rhythm. First, how long each chord is held for. In this case, each chord is held for one measure, four beats each. Secondly, and most important, are how the chords are played, creating a harmonic hook. 
So these two layers we will consider layer three. As the guitar adds a chordal riff, we take notice of how each layer works so perfectly on its own while working with but not interfering with all the other layered elements. A layered background of various colors, a background canvas on which all else will be layered. Now we enter the first verse. Verse 1 is 16 measures long, is divided into two eight measure sections. The first thing we notice is that a new harmonic rhythmic hook is introduced. We notice how the bass now joins this new harmonic rhythm, supporting the chords with the root of each one. Section 1, 8 measures. There are three melodic phrases. Phrase 1, they told him, don't you ever come around here. The melody is centered around two notes the notes B and A. B is fifth of the E minor chord, moving back and forth to its lower neighbor, A. The only exception is the note D for the lyric come, as the chord changes to the D major chord. So this would be the root of that chord. The phrase ends on the note B, the sixth of the D chord. Notice how it has a sort of hanging feeling. One thing I always stress is that chord tones have rest and consonants, where non-chord tones have different degrees of dissonance, creating various shades of tonal colors. So in the first phrase, the B is a chord tone, and it moves back and forth to a non-chord tone, the note A, the fourth of the E minor chord. And then the phrase, when the chord changes to D, we have the chord tone D, the root, followed by the note B, the sixth of the chord, then the A, the fifth, a chord tone, and then it ends on that sixth, the B. And when we listen carefully, we can hear that slight, slight different shade of color. The flow of tension and calm, dark and light, is what makes music move through time and space. And in regards to the rhythmic layering we are talking about, now the melody brings in its own rhythm, and in this case, it's mostly eighth notes. The eighth notes bring us to a resting point with two quarter notes for the lyrics round here. This is so important in music, resting points and silence gives a chance for the music to breathe. Since singers and saxophone players and trumpet players have to breathe, they automatically phrase. But sometimes we hear guitar players, bass players, keyboardists play on and on without phrasing properly. That's why I have always said if you're improvising a melody, sing along, hum, whatever, Add yourself into the mix, not just your fingers. You hear the great jazz guitarist George Benson do that often. 
Phrase two is two measures long. The lyrics are, don't want to see your face, you better disappear. This phrase is basically a repetition of phrase one with slight variation. As I have stressed in earlier episodes, I believe the most common technique in developing a melody is repetition and repetition with variation. Phrase three, the fire's in their eyes and their words are really clear, so beat it, just beat it. Now, for the first time, the chord changes with the addition of the four chord C major, followed by the D and the E minor. So now, instead of just E minor and D back and forth, we have E minor, D, C, D, E minor. This phrase is four measures long. It features two descending musical lines leading to the main title, sung twice. So you see, up to this point, we have seen the drum rhythm, one layer, the bass hook, the bass and guitar, and then the layer of how long each chord is held for. Here it's mostly one measure, but in other songs it might be two measures, four measures, and also the rhythm applied to that to make it a hook. And then we have the rhythm of the melody layered on top of all of that, plus any background fill-ins, etc. This is what every arrangement should strive for. All the layers work perfectly unto themselves, simultaneously working together, not interfering, but joining together to create one cohesive unit. Now we have the second section of verse 1. It opens with the lyrics, You better run, you better do what you can. Here we see a repetition of section 1 with slight variation. The main difference is that at the end of, this, at the end of section 1 we hear the title beat it. However, at the end of section 2, the lyrics, Wanna be bad, introduces the entrance of the chorus. The chorus. The chorus is 12 measures long. As many songwriters have stated, they begin with the title and the chorus, the essence of any song. As the chorus enters, everything is ramped up, excitement is heightened due to the re-entrance of the guitar-bass hook and the background vocals. As with other Michael Jackson songs, bass and guitar hooks are such prominent techniques in making each work memorable. The same two chords, E minor and D major, of the introduction are retained, but the C chord we heard in the verse is now omitted. The phrasing and melodic construction are both different and in certain respects similar to the verse at the same time. For example, the first phrase is four measures long. We hear the title, beat it, beat it, no one wants to be defeated. Only two notes are used, B and D, the same two notes used for the lyrics come a uh, in the verse. Phrase two, showing how funky and strong in your fight. Here again, we have only two notes moving back and forth, this time A and G. Similar construction to B and A in the verse. For phrase three, we have the lyrics, it doesn't matter who's wrong or right. 
notice, except for that slight variation, that added note at the end, this is a repetition of the previous phrase. That note leads us to the title four times. At the end of the chorus, the verse returns, leading to the chorus sung twice, leading us into an interlude built on power chord E for three and a half measures and a D chord for two beats. Using the harmonic chordal hook of the verse, we hear one of the most famous guitar solos of all time, played by Eddie Van Halen, supposedly for free as a favor. We then return back to the chorus twice and the coda. And the coda is actually the chorus played repeated over and over as it fades out. In this work, I have stressed the importance of rhythmic layering in creating a demo or a finished recording of your work. With the computer programs available and YouTube, there is no limit to what you can do and achieve. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Shakespeare. When words fail, music speaks. Thank you so, so much for listening. Take care. Joe.